Hello and welcome everyone to Gunpowder, Treason, No Plot. I am your DM and host, as always, Adam Cookson, and I am joined by my three regular co-hosts, Matt Dennis, Flo Dennis, and James Bunkle. Hello and Happy New Year, as this is the first recording in the new year. <laughs> Happy New Year! Happy New Year, everyone! The year I finally killed them. Well, yeah, I mean, we've been doing began. this for a fair few years now. I'd say we've yeah. had a good run. We have, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this 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 is by far the longest character that's ever lived of any D and D game I've ever played, mm. by by like a country mile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's my it's my resolution every year, I suppose. But this year, this year, I'm really really keyed up for it. <laughs> well, uh, let's 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 hope it disappoints like everything else so far this year. I mean, that's the trend, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Ah, but enough about the real world. We've we've got another horrifying world to look at today. Yeah, I mean, actually, you might want to live in the world of GTMP now, seeing how things go. Yeah, might as well. <laughs> at least you can sell your soul to something. I don't know. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, get neat magic powers, maybe psychic abilities. I don't know. You got a dice roll. <laughs> it's it's uh, yeah. more odds, more better odds in GTMP world. Hmm. You can might roll a nat twenty. Yeah, never know. But, uh, yeah, my co-hosts will be reprising their roles as Tommy Hawkins, our gunslinger rogue, Sophia Landrin, our fighter cleric, and Rogar McLeod, our paladin sorcerer. And, well, but this is our first recording back from a bit of a break. It's the, the second released episode of the year. We, uh, last week you have all got a little chatting episode, but this is us back proper now in the campaign and... Ready to pick up where we left off, and we left off at a, um, shall we say, a hell of a point? Is <laughs> <laughs> about right? Yeah. Let, let's let's summarize, shall we? So, Rogar challenged a um, powerful enemy to one v one me, bro, in a location of his choice, which he chose to be the orc and Knoll war camp that they're planning to assault in a big. Battle Royale of demons, devils, orcs, giants, who knows what else is going to be there. So that'll be fun. Can I, can I, can I say we were planning to infiltrate? <laughs> Not at all? <laughs> yes. I mean, the rest of the party had a great plan to disguise themselves, do a subterfuge, turn one against the other. It was going, honestly, maybe the best plan you guys have ever come up with. <laughs> you can't see me, but I'm throwing my hands up in the air. <laughs> but sometimes I think every group needs a wild card. <laughs> Damn straight. All I have is that shot from Always Sunny in the Philadelphia where Charlie cuts the brakes on their van and just yells <laughs> wild card bitches and jumps out the back of the truck. That is what Rogar's doing with this whole plan. <laughs> <laughs> Why is the Hell Knight Karnak here? Wildcard, bitches! <laughs> <laughs> See, we don't even know this is happening. We're still, we're still planning like our infiltration plan. Yep. And I am nodding along. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh no! <laughs> uh, to um to set that whole thing up, Rogar had to murder a few people, though. It wasn't necessarily under his control. His sword Eclipse uh, took the reins for a few hours and sent a message via, well, the circles of hell to get uh, 
Karnax, I guess his uh, his DMs. He slid into his DMs to set yeah. this fight up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. This 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 was uh this is what happened before we had things like Twitter and um, WhatsApp and stuff. You just had to murder a few people and hey ho, <laughs> construct a massive symbol to Asmodius, um, paint the ground in blood, and there you go. You're uh, connected. <laughs> I mean, it's not quite dial up, but it's it's close. <laughs> You wonder yeah. what Trump did every time he tweeted. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, while that was going on, the rest of the party were planning. And last time, you guys started to uncover a few things. You looked in the cartography room and started to piece together that maybe that's what the orcs were attacking Black Frost Fortress for. You found a city known as Gnaren that mysteriously is left off later maps. You found a mountain that appears out of nowhere. And yeah, you're starting to formulate a few uh, theories about what might be going on and some of the things you may wish to look into. While that was going on, Tommy kind of rebuilt R4 from the ground up, reinforced him, made him stronger. And then you all went to bed and had a nice, lovely night's sleep. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Did we? No, no, nothing happened, right? No. We're fine. No. Yeah. No, no. I didn't have any weird music in my head. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, well. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm forgetting one thing. The black spot that's now in the sky. Shining down upon all of you. Tiny little black dot that could be anything right now. I'm going to make sure it's not just on the window. You know, it could be a speck <laughs> of dirt. Just, yeah. just try and scrape it off. Still there. <laughs> I'm guessing it is still there. Well, you'll, you'll get a chance to check that. <laughs> but first things first, I, I feel like we've got a little bit of a loose end just kind of hanging out there. So we're going to roll the clock back a few days. And in our nice little picture that we're painting here, we're going to pull the camera away and head across the continent to where we find a floating tower that used to belong to the illuminated Alistra before her untimely death. And, well, we were in the middle of resolving something back in episode 100. And that's what we're going to pick up this evening. Oh, shit. So, Alistra falls to the ground dead thanks to a expertly placed dagger from Flodo Boggins, our arcane trickster halfling. Noah Cantrip, not been acting himself recently, but he seems just as happy with the victory as everyone else. Lauren, the Archpriestess, is heavily injured and will probably carry some permanent scars from this battle. Atlas was happy with the victory until he heard some laughing coming from the other side of the room, from the top of this multi-layered pyramid that was serving as Alistra's throne room of sorts, her inner sanctum. And you all watched as Ansir, or at least his undead body, began to transform into something else, and it revealed himself to be the Hell Knight Karnak, reborn, and... Where we ended episode 100 part 3, we had a little bit of a chat off part not long after that, and it was decided that Flodo 
would want to get away as quickly as possible. And Lauren is thinking the exact same thing. And she would immediately start pulling out that teleportation scroll that she had. Atlas has already yelled at you guys to flee, and, well, you're a team, and you listen, and you're trying to save someone here who is the most likely to die. I mean, you don't know what Atlas's plan is, but you hope he's got something up his sleeve. As Noah, Flodo, and Lauren quickly grasp hands, and she casts teleportation from the scroll. The three of you watching as your total barbarian friend starts to walk towards Karnak, who is just smiling. That once was quite undead, rotting face is starting to take a little bit more form now. You're seeing, even as you're disappearing in Atlas, you especially as you're getting closer, you're watching his body is healing. And you see those two glowing red eyes peering out from under those bandages that were covering his face, just staring at you, even as you draw your sword. And as your friends leave, I guess the big question here is, what are you doing, Atlas? Because you can hear the footsteps coming up that you're now certain aren't your friends, and Karnak's not moving. So something's approaching this room, or some people are, or some things are. <laughs> you don't know with this place. And Karnak gave you an offer. You can join him right here and now. He seemed impressed with you especially, your tactics, your abilities. You put up one hell of a fight against a difficult opponent, and maybe... Whatever this creature is, feels like he almost owes you one. You set him free. What are you doing and what's going through your head right now? So what's going through Atlas's head? Well, his immediate thought is always to protect others, to protect his friends. And it's quite a hard switch for him because up until this point, Anseer has been an ally. He's been someone that um, Atlas would quite happily have stepped in the way. He didn't trust him that much because he didn't really know him very well but he would have quite happily stepped in the way of a blow that was heading towards him mm. and now things have very quickly shifted suddenly an ally has become a potential threat his first thought was to his friends and his friends needed to get out of there particularly with Archpriestess Lauren the way she was uh, if things started to turn if um, Ansir Karnak had turned out to be lying about his offer or changed his mind then it's almost guaranteed that Lauren would be dead as for the others they weren't looking particularly healthy either so his first thought and only thought is to charge head first and get the others out of the way now he can't he doesn't always have the option of talking to the spirits uh, his um, his allies his friends that now kind of help him in combat and things but he certainly doesn't trust this Karnak. He may, he's slightly worried that he may have unleashed something worse than what they killed today. He knows he doesn't stand a chance if he, if he does rush him and try to take him on. Not only is he fairly heavily injured at this point anyway, but there is no chance that even, even if he was fully healed on his own, he thinks he'd have a chance against this creature now that seems to be healing itself in front of him. The offer doesn't really appeal, and I don't think, in terms of his his background, who he is, he's not interested in power. There's not a lot of things you can really sway him with. He's he's fought for empires that believe they were good before, and he's seen the horrors they. So even if this guy says he's he's out to do good things, Atlas doesn't want to ally himself. He doesn't want to bind himself to anyone else. 
he wants to choose his own morality. So he's fairly unsure what to do. He's not particularly keen to strike the first blow. After all, he was also quite impressed with um, Karnak's abilities in the battle. It was it, He was a good ally in the fight we had. And he hadn't turned on us and he hasn't done anything to make him a threat. He just appears now to be one. So Atlas lower his um lower his sword a little now he knows his friends are safe so are these uh friends of yours coming up the stairs or are they after you as well i think whatever's approaching here has no idea who i am and i'd like to keep it that way we're on a little bit of a timer before they arrive and i'm giving you a chance to escape with me you have skills atlas impressive ones i must say it would be a pity to leave you to die here. But uh, fought well as well, and you've not let me down in any point in the last, well, this whole action, but I don't think I can properly allay myself to you. Um, you're not, I don't really follow anyone, and I don't think I can. It's not who I am. Then don't follow. Be the leader you should be. I would happily make you a general. You have a mind for tactics, a mind for strategy. You don't need me watching over your shoulder. All I ask is that you work with me. Right, so what you're saying is you're not going to give me any orders. You're going to let me be my own man, is that right? I can't promise no orders, but I will give you an exceptionally long leash. There is a lot to do. And I cannot be everywhere. As I told you, I have a, a task to resolve. And he kind of looks at this black longsword he was using with a bit of a sneer. Yes, there are things that require my attention. And you would be a useful ally. See, I've... So far, I've dedicated my life to certain ideas and principles that I hold dear. And I will not... Or anyone or any orders or anything in front of those principles so I have to tell you if you ask me to do anything that goes against that I can promise you I won't I will not betray what I hold dear and my friends those who died fighting alongside me they will not either and they have eh, almost as much power as I do Oh, I can see that. I can see the strength they imbue you with. And I can see that they are the restless dead. They were clearly cut down before their time. And if you would like, I can give you the ability to take whatever measure of revenge you require against the Divine Hand. Um, see, I don't like empires. I don't like rulers. I don't like those who put the lives of others ahead of their own, use those lives as bargaining chips or assets, pawns on a board of some kind of malicious chess, you know, those who waste the lives of good people just to fucking some end goal. So I'm not going to be a part of that either, but I would very much like to show the divine hand that they're not all that. They're not the good guys. They think they are. They act like they are. They act like they're better. 
rest of us, but they're not. They have these people for their end goals, and those goals aren't noble. So yes, I would quite like to get back at them, but I have a lot of stipulations. And Atlas tries for a moment to see if he can commune with the spirits. Okay. See if if he can get their read on him, because perhaps they can see more than more than he can. Hmm. Do me. Uh, we'll do this like. Do me an insight check with advantage. Okay. Uh, I got a twelve. You can check it on the other one if you. Need. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Not not great. A twelve. You try to focus on the spirits around you, and as they do sometimes choose to, they start to appear near you. You see your friends, your old comrades, those portals who were cut down, and you see even in them something that offer appeals to them in a way that maybe in life it wouldn't have. And you see confliction on their own faces as some of them seem to look slightly disgusted by this creature, but others almost look like they're very much considering it. They are they are conflicted themselves. That's what you get with the twelve, I'm afraid. But I'd need to properly hash this out with you. And I think perhaps here and now is maybe not the best place to do that. So if you have a way of getting us out of here, I'll follow you for now and we'll have we'll discuss the terms I'll see if I can agree to him. Karnak nods at you and goes, Excellent. I love a good contract. And he reaches his hand behind him and casts Planar Rift. And you watch as reality behind him kind of swirls and twists until it becomes just an open hole. And you see just a blazing red aura shine out of it. At that same time, as you're looking upon whatever realm this rift leads to, a group of people arrive at the other end of the tower, coming through the same door as you did, just before you were engaged in this fateful combat, and you see a man that you personally don't recognize. He's an older gentleman, a well-cut Nicely, uh, nicely fashioned, sort of grey hair and a little bit of, little bit of black still there, trying to retain a bit of youth. Nice, uh, well-groomed beard and moustache. He has cold, stern eyes as he walks into the room and starts to survey things quickly. He's wearing incredibly expensive-looking armor with this long red robe and mantle that kind of sits on top of it. He looks almost like some sort of emperor or noble, an extremely wealthy one. You see as following him, just skipping into the room, is a court jester? <laughs> Bloody hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh dear. As that happens, Karnak looks at them and the man who you don't know, but <laughs> you do know, <laughs> is Maximilian Landron raises his hand. Karnak just grabs you and you both jump through the portal. Just as you hear, Dispel match! And the portal closes behind you. Oh, I don't know which one would have been better. <laughs> <laughs> but but seriously, the, the 
Jester is. I thought he was in the bubble. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he is. He's, but he, but he's, he's chosen this bubble instead. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it's his support family. bubble, is it? Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh damn! So we're wow. we still on the same continent. He was when that happened. Mm-hmm. About a week or so ago. Oh, shit. When Solara appeared just before you guys did the final trek through the woods to get to your new home. Oh, well, that was a hard choice for Atlas. Mm. Your buddies didn't help either. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> rightfully, I mean, there, 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 there is an offer there that, that we, we, we do not like the Divine mm. Hand. The Divine Hand are not the good guys, um, at least in Atlas's opinion a chance to get back at them and perhaps free some of the people under their mantle could could be a good thing but obviously he's not he's not he's not jumped in rogar style very much um, <laughs> very, 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 very much cautiously discussing the concept of perhaps allying himself <laughs> with karnak but you know it, it it'll 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 take the right terms and um uh, I don't know if anyone's um, negotiated with a turtle before, but um, they sort of come second only to dwarves in their um, stubbornness. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think there's no better way to uh, sync that up when you're uh, talking about allying with a Hell Knight of Asmodeus. Yeah. He's going to make a deal. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> It'll be 400 pages long and have a lot of caveats. <laughs> it may take Atlas a little while to read through it, but he will read every word. <laughs> it's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. While Atlas enjoys the ninth circle of hell, <laughs> we're going to go somewhere else. <laughs> let's, uh, let's fast forward back to where we left off in episode 110. So, yeah, the party wake up to see this little speck in the sky, and as you all, somewhat in unison, were drawn to come look at this, and you're just trying to squint at it, say, like, what is that? Is it, is it a speck of dirt? And Sophia, you're trying to, like, rub it off on the window a little bit, like, is that real? Is that something? You see a pulse as that little black dot grows almost imperceptibly larger, and you witness a rapidly expanding wave of green energy of some sort maybe arcane or maybe just something that you're just not familiar with but it expands out from that point and you get an idea of how far away this is because once it starts to get anywhere near you it almost covers the entire sky with like a green haze as it hits and I suppose all three of you probably brace in different ways as it washes over Black Frost Fortress, goes straight through the walls, the windows, any protections there may have been, and hits all three of you. And there's probably that moment where your heart stops for just a second as you wait to see what what, what the hell was that. But you feel okay. You feel fine. Rogar's going to run out of his room shouting, The British are coming! The British are coming! <laughs> We're already fucking here. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, uh, okay, so bra- braced for impact, D- do we need to take damage? <laughs> <laughs> no, it seemed to just wash over you. You felt maybe a little funny in that exact moment, but otherwise, no, no damage. We scanned. As I'm Code. doing this, I am running into like the, 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 I guess the courtyard, is it going to be? Shit. Oh. For a second, the turn order came up on the page. Yeah, I saw that too. But still, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, to that. <laughs> I'm running to try and get into like, I don't know. I don't, yeah, if it's a courtyard, it's a courtyard. Whatever, close to the gate. Mm. Is uh, is Rogar running away again? I'm going to see Solara because she's next door. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming like all. All three, well, four of you with Solara, five of you with R4 are probably running out of your rooms to collectively say, what the fuck? Yeah, literally, <laughs> what, what the fuck was that? <laughs> I'm assuming we're in, like, the same hallway-esque area. Yeah, you're, I assume you've all picked, but, like, the bedroom area is higher up in the fortress and... Yeah, the nice rooms, yeah. Wanted, but, yeah, the nicer rooms are more or less together, which I assume is what you've picked. Yeah, yeah. So Rogar is already starting to make his way down through the fortress are you guys immediately following him well making sure that we've got everything like weapons tommy's and gonna, stuff. yeah tommy's gonna um grab his gr- grab his rifle and see if he can kind of sight on the dot if it's still there and see yeah. what he can see sort of through the window um you know through through like his sort of um his scope see if he can pick anything out mm. you have to have a look through the scope and it doesn't magnify too much, but the impression you get, it's almost like looking, if you look through your scope at night at a star, but it's like the reverse, because it's day, and yet you can see this black spot. It's very far away. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna kind of shoulder the right, uh, sling the rifle again, and then follow the others down uh, into the courtyard. I say, if I get there first, I'm assuming, like, I'm assuming we're not the only people who have seen this. I'm assuming Emmerich and all, like, the guards have seen this, and they're like, trying to ready themselves or whatnot. Mm. Oh, they will be, but so Rogar, you're running ahead first, and then yeah. after Tommy takes a look, I'd say he's probably the last out of the room, as the rest of them are kind of following after you just to see what the hell's going on. I assume you're all kind of of a similar mind of are we under attack? What's happening? Are the guards prepared? Are the Basically, okay? yeah, yeah. Et cetera. Yeah. Man the walls. Well, I, want, I, want, I was just going to say, as I'm running outside, if I do see any guards, I'm going to tell them to stay inside and get the people somewhere safe. Hmm. Well, before you get outside, as you're running, you're coming down one of the sets of stairs that would start to lead you towards the, the bottom floor, and you hear a scream oh, shit. that is quickly cut off, and then you hear a smashing sound, and Rogar, as you make your way down the steps, you see actually one of the women who volunteered to be one of the cooks in the fortress yeah. has been, or is being devoured by two creatures that look a little bit familiar because you saw them not too long ago, or at least you saw one of them, in Bloodholm. You see two large flying anthropods with bloated abdomens and this kind of overall insectoid look. Huge claws and like an insect-style head with fangs. They are feasting on her and well, as you're running down we're gonna roll some initiative gonna say <laughs> oh, shit <laughs> knew the castle was too big good to be true <sighs> ha 
Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Oh, no. Happy New Year. 21. Nice. Time to kick the roll, command. There we go. Oh, I am on the screen somewhere, am I? You are. 17 from Tom. Um, all right. 16 all right, all right. or... 17. 17, then. 17. Cool. That's that not a bad that's, roll. That's a super useful thing, isn't it? What? Get into, get into um, effectively re-roll your initiative. Mm. With, Lara, with 18. A lot of the time, I'm like, I don't want to go first. I don't want to go first. <laughs> I, <can't. laughs> I always, always want to go first. Put a bullet in anything that comes anywhere near me. <laughs> oh, R4. Uh, actually, I want Tommy to go first, really. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, don't, don't want to decide. The, no, the rogue should go first. <laughs> yep. Did we actually fight these before? Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Tried to eat Tommy. It did. Mm. Wasn't fun. Picked me up. Oh, in the in the mayor's in the mayor's yeah thing yeah. Okay, right, okay. Mm -hmm. There's only one then. <laughs> Things are getting out of hand. Now there's two of them. Worryingly, because I think I thought we'd close that portal, but there we go. I mean, that, that portal. <laughs> there's always more portals. Now I've got the song from Portal in my head. <laughs> This wasn't a triumph. <laughs> <laughs> Why is the cake always alive? <laughs> we need some help here. We're gonna <laughs> die. This is why we leveled up. <laughs> we are completely fucked. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. No. It's alright, right. R4's here, guys. Yeah. He, he's he's souped up. Super R4. Super. Mm. I thought Cookson said we were going to be batting light again. I was like, ah, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> well, we know what to do to light now. Now, 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 we, now we're going to battle sound. <laughs> <laughs> or the concept of mortality. Hey, you watch that new Soul film. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, okay then, so, Rua, with a 21, you are up first. You spy in the distance this woman who is, unfortunately now, half-eaten, and two of these strange insect, almost alien-looking creatures. What do you do? Yeah, um, I can't hit them from here, which is really annoying. So, what have we got? I can't dash and cast a cantrip, can I, so... Uh, let's move my 30 feet, which is into like the middle of the room, and um, I'm going to cast. Forgot what we got. What we got? Country-wise, Firebolt. And as I do, I'm going to be like, "No, Susan!" <laughs> <laughs> Not that I know she's called Susan. I just felt like shouting that. Uh, Susan. Now she is. <laughs> I got 22 with 17 fire damage at the one that's closest to me. Oh, nice. nice. Fire damage. Hey. Okay. Rogar For a cantrip? Bloody hell. Ranged yeah. attacking, Rogar. <laughs> you, you can do it. <laughs> and you hey, can do it. You know what's good? What's that? Fire. Rogar's insane. So he can bear witness to these horrifying creatures in their full glory. The rest of you, however, every time you try to look at them, it's like your brain starts to edit out just how horrifying they are, and they are all 
considered lightly obscured. So you're going to have disadvantage on hitting them. Yeah, you didn't remember that, did you guys? No. That's unfortunate. Hooray for being insane. You're all welcome to join me soon. And now... Saruga, that was your turn? That would be the end of my turn, so... Yes. Okay. Solara, she is up. Whew. What's uh, what's she going to do? Does she think Susan's dead? (laughs) Oh, Susan's clearly dead, but... Are we gonna? Are we? Are we just gonna leave these things? Well, it's more. Does she uh, fireball the area? Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Susan's definitely dead. Then she's less fussed about flambéing her. But that's very true. <laughs> she's half eaten. I think it'd be a mercy killing run about now if she wasn't dead. Okay, she'll she'll take that logic on board, and well, whatever these things have torn this one poor one apart with, she's beyond saving. So fuck it, yeah. Zalara, you will open with a fireball. And both these things need to make me a deck save. My amulet's going to crack again, isn't it? <laughs> you didn't do it. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I thought it doesn't mean I get punished for it. First one saves with a 22. Second one saves with a 23. So they Fuck will take it. half damage. But at least she avoided the uh, obfuscation. Hey. So that's 15 points of damage each. And at the very least... Fire seems to work. It's helpful. It's always mm-hmm. nice when, when when fire works against creatures. Indeed. Okay, that's Solara's turn. She has moved up a little bit on the staircase just for uh, range purposes. But Sophia, you're up next. Hey, mate. Do I have a higher thing than? Oh, we're, we're, the, we're the same, but you can go first. Right. Anyone remember if the ashes meant that I could look at this thing? Um, what allowed you to look at them previously was. Grave senders ashes. You are all no. The fact that you were all basically going insane from the. Oh, uh, we were grey anyway. Oh, yeah. Okay, damn it. <laughs> I wonder what the grave. No, let's not waste some ashes. Um, she cast a spell, which seemed to do okay. Mhm. And you can see these creatures, as much as they're being sort of edited out by your uh, clinging to sanity. You did watch as like the flames engulfed both of them. They were very dexterous, but they did get a bit scorched. And you see bits of their sort of chitinous-looking armor has uh, has been blackened by the explosion of flame. Uh, that's a touch spell. Why is that a touch spell? Because that's the way they wrote it. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Guiding bolt then against the one. Rogar hit. Right. So thirteen. Ooh, that's bad. Also, that would be with disadvantage as well, but oh. I'll tell you this, a 13 misses. Yeah, let's just assume that it misses then. Yeah, so you try to uh, fire a guiding bolt, maybe illuminate this creature a little bit just to help your friends, but it's, it's too difficult. It's, it's almost like it's shifting in ways that you just can't comprehend, and the guiding bolt just hits with no damage against the uh, stone wall behind the creature. Bollocks. Are you moving up or anything? I'm just thinking about it. I think I'll stand in front of Solara. Okay. So you uh, head down the steps and start to uh, take up defensive positions. That's me. Alright, Tommy. Is there any cover? <laughs> <laughs> Not really. It's kind of completely open. You've got this stairway that leads down into this slightly larger central chamber, and then these creatures are just uh, blocking off the other exit out of here. Great. Not... Not entirely what I was hoping for. (laughs) 
Okay, never mind. Yeah, I think I will take a shot with my uh, rifle at the nearest one. Okay. This one here. Uh, and I will use a grip point to see if I can um, counteract the um, disadvantage. Okay. So, straight up. A 19 and 15 damage. Nice. 19 and 15 damage. So, 19 hits and yeah, seems to hit something that your brain won't quite show you, but you see a spurt of this like greenish purple blood just splatters against the wall. So, you hit something in there. Cool. And I'll take a pot shot with my pistol with disadvantage as well, which is a 12. So, that's clearly a miss. So, that's fine. And. I can't really attempt to hide anywhere, so for now, seeing as I'm in range and I've got options, I'll stay where I am, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, that's all I can do, really. Can't really do anything else with my bonus action, I don't think. We'll just leave this one to Rogar. Well, he can he can go first. I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm thinking, if I stick, stick where I am, I can think about pulling in for a flank or something. I'll try not to just charge head first in like Tommy normally does and like get his ass. Well, maybe if him. we did try and do a flanky flank. Well it will at least um counteract the disadvantage. A little bit. To yeah. be fair, if you guys want to run outside and let me deal with these, I'm more than happy for you to do that. We're not gonna not not about to leave you to your own devices, just in case. Oh cheers! Uh, what what do you think you I'm mean? gonna do? No, 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 no! I, I just mean I'm not, I'm not planning to like leave you on your own just in case you can't can't do it on it your own. It didn't sound like that. That's, yeah, that's it didn't sound like that. Did oh, it? My, my my apologies then. What it I meant sounded was, like he was going to deal with the beasts. No, no, no! I'm not about to leave you on your own. <laughs> <laughs> after every after after everything we've been through, I'm not about to leave you on your own to fight him. Right. Okay. That's, right. That's, that's what I said. All right. That's what you meant. It's not what you said, dude. <laughs> that's what I meant. It's, it's right. not the what you said. It's the way you said it. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no one else can use that joke in this pod. <laughs> can, Just me. I can, I can dash. I can disengage. Or I can hide. But I can't. I guess unless I try to hide behind R four. Um, <laughs> not really an option. Okay. So I'm done. Okay. And it is the Bayaki's turn, and both of them being attacked stops their uh, devouring of this uh, poor, now flambéed woman. And they look at these little snacks that have come into the room, and both of them just leap slightly into the air and swoop forward and surround Rogar. Bring it on, bitches. The one that's wounded drops to the ground and lets out this horrifying shriek right in your face. And Rogar, you feel something wash over you. And then as your eyes dart around, reality seems to just shimmer. And you watch as a third Bayaki appears. Seriously? Do we think that's real? It's one of the... Is it, I've got a feeling it's one of them where if we kill the one that screamed, that one disappears. Kind of like... That's what happened in the mayor's thing, wasn't it? Yeah, so I was... I, I don't recall. So the mayor used a uh, spell to summon a Bayaki. This this thing seemed to shriek out 
through reality and something answered its call. Oh, okay. It brought a friend to the party. Brought a friend. It used the ability Shriek. The other Bayaki, however, is going to go full on attack. Okay. And it is going to open up with its blood drain ability on you, Rogar, with advantage as it's flanking you. Okay. Ooh, a terrible rolling from me. 11. Even with advantage, so as it kind of snaps its jaws forward towards you, trying to get a, a lock around your neck, you easily just dodge out of the way and brush it off with a bit of your armor. It's then going to attempt to rake you with its claws. Uh, 19? 19 does a hit. Meets it, meets. Yeah, so that's 8 points of slashing damage. Okay. And make me a strength saving throw. Uh, 15. 15. 15. Oh, plus my aura. So. Push your aura, yeah. So as this thing attempts to lash out at you with its claws, it does hit you, it does a little bit of damage, but you spot that it's trying to latch onto you, and you just shake it off with just raw strength and knock this thing back. So it does not sure. get the ground. Um, the third, Bayaki. These are large creatures, so it would have advantage as well. That's, yeah. With a natural 20 on its blood drain. Yeah. So that is an additional... So that's 15 points of damage total. 15 total, okay. And then it's going to hit you with its claw. Oh, actually, make me a strength saving throw again. As it attempts to latch onto your face with its uh, fang claw. 22. Yeah. I have a feeling you'll be fine, Mr. <laughs> strength man. But uh, Yeah. <laughs> And when it tries to claw at you, you're getting used to these attacks now, dodging and weaving out the way, and yeah, the last one just can't hit you. Okay, that's uh, the Bayaki's turn. It's our fourth turn. What's he doing? Something uh, new! Something new. He can do something new. But what he's actually going to do, because Rugar looks a little bit fucked there, in the nicest possible way. He's doing okay, but um, it's not the best situation being surrounded by three of them particularly if they can call in friends. So he's going to run up here. Mm -hmm. uh, here, probably, to get a flank in mm -hmm. on that one there. So um, does he, is, I guess, is, is he a construct? Is he still attacking with a disadvantage? Um, not insane, but he's also not sane either. He's does not he have an intelligence of three or higher? Just, yes. Oh, yeah. damn it. <laughs> he is not an aberration, celestial, elemental, fey, or fiend. No, he is not. Right. He is a robot. Yep. Then, unfortunately, he also struggles to see these creatures. Hey, R4, you're a real boy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so he's going to... He's going to slap it with his gunpowder spear. Two-handed, I think. And let me just... Oh, actually, no. He's going to slap it with his gunpowder spear one-handed, I think. Ah, he does have there. a shield, doesn't he? Yeah, so you did we'll, give him a shield. I'll stick with that shield, because that's quite useful. Okay, so with a disadvantage attack, so he gets a 15. Uh, 15 is enough to hit. <laughs> hey, does four piercing damage. So, okay. something! Although he can still explode something with his gunpowder spear. That's true. Yeah. He, did he only get one attack still? I can't remember if he increased his attacks or we just did we just increase his um not he doesn't have two attacks yet, unfortunately. No. Okay, that's fine. 
But uh, yes, you uh, charge in with your spear there, R4, and you manage to hit something through this haze of confusion that you all seem to be suffering under. And the new Bayaki is starting to uh, bleed a little bit on the floor. So that's uh, that's R4's turn. Mm-hmm. Cool. What was that intelligence thing, Cookson? Um, you need an intelligence score of three or higher. Three and or you... higher, right, okay. And then you will get yeah. the... Um, yeah, the you're not quite dumb enough to see what no, they actually no. are. Yeah, but I'm not. But I have certain things that could be dumb enough. Yeah, you could, you could, you could, you could, you could love, love one of your fuzzy balls at them. Fuzzy <laughs> ball friends. Krogar, <laughs> top of the round. You are up. What are you doing? You are now surrounded by these large insectoid creatures. All of them just flapping wings and sharp claws and gnashing maws all just trying to drain your blood and eat you. Yeah. Also, you're, you're not grappled at the moment, are you? No. No. Ah, shame. So, yeah, I'm going to assume that they can't be made afraid of you. So, I'm going to whip out Eclipse and I'm going to take a swing. I like that these things are like, um, I say, I like that these things are like 15 foot tall mosquitoes crossed with like praying mantises they're kind of awesome <laughs> yeah they sound like fun they do they do <laughs> so um actually do I have a flanky on one of them with uh, R4 you do you do yes I'm going to attack that one with advantage mm, so the new one that came in 29 with 15 and you know what second level divine smite ooh now, is it undead celestial or fiend, though? Nope. Damn. Nothing ever uh, is. You know it's It like... never is. <laughs> 3d8. So that's 25 damage. Nice. You uh, take a swing with Eclipse while it still belongs to you and uh, <laughs> smash this thing with a full force of divine damage. Um, and, yeah, hits home. Cool. I'll take another swing at it. Why not? So another 28 with 15 and another second level divine smite on that 14 so 29 damage okay some brutal swings with eclipse leave this thing reeling but it is still angry and hungry and now just wants to tear you apart even more yeah i thought it might do so as a bonus action i'm going to wait yeah i can as a bonus action, I'm going to burn a first level spell slot and cast Shield of Faith for myself. Yay! <laughs> Using all the spell slots today. I am. I'm I'm burning through them. It's <laughs> <laughs> not like we're going to go against uh, Hell Knight Karnak later, maybe, possibly. Four days away. Four days away. Is it really? Yep, yeah, no, it's a four no. day hike. Oh exactly. The only things we've got left are whatever else has come down from this portal. Yeah, boy. I remember. It's just a star spawn, don't worry about it. Just, well, <laughs> and, and, and friends. And friends. <laughs> okay, so, Solara's turn. Oof, what does she do? Fireball. <laughs> just fireball right on Rogar. <laughs> he's fine, he's got a shade of faith on. <laughs> uh, well. <laughs> it, it, it was a joke, it was a joke, honestly. <laughs> Uh, she has a good spell, but it's another dex save, so maybe it's actually not that useful. I don't know if she has anything that's not dex that she could maybe power up, or uh, it's an unfortunate moment where I remember most of her spells are dex-based. Does she try hit this thing with something that won't take much damage, or 
maybe try a lower level spellcaster at a higher level. That's the question. Although she would have disadvantage on the shot, so yeah, maybe it's better to just go with the deck saves. This is a little dangerous for Rogar. <laughs> I think she's going to cast Wall of Fire. Oh yeah. So, you create a wall of fire on a solid surface within range. You can make the wall up to 60 feet long and 20 feet high and 1 foot thick. A ringed wall up to 20 feet in diameter, 20 feet high and 1 foot thick. The wall is opaque and lasts for the duration. When the wall appears, each creature within its area must make a deck saving throw. On a failed save, it takes 5d8 fire damage, or half as much on a successful save. Um, one side of the wall selected by you when you cast a spell deals that damage. The other side doesn't deal anything, but it's within 10 feet of that side. So she might need to be a little careful of where she places this, else Rogar is getting cooked. If you're on the other side of the wall, of course, you just take no damage. So so let's, let's have a think. Is it going to be a straight line, or is it a curve, or...? Uh, she can kind of place it wherever she wants, I believe. Yeah, it can be. doesn't have to be a straight line. It can be a circle. It can be anything. So she's going to kind of create a little um, close as she can get to almost a semicircle around the far end of this room to get two of the Bayeki hit by the flames and hope that uh, Rogar isn't in range of any of these. And that's the best she can do, I think, to not hit Rogar. Just a little semicircle around them. Uh, it's still within 10 feet. I think no matter how careful she is, if she wants to hit two of them, I think it's fair to say she'd end up hitting Rogar at least at one point. If she wants to try block off this room a little bit. Okay. So, for all of your reference, pointing into the middle of the chamber is where the flames are. Past it, no damage. So, both of the two of the Bayaki and Rogar make me a deck save or take 31 fire damage. Is that that or she throws an ice knife at them? And I'll, I'll, I'll use my, um, my amulet to reroll that. Okay. One Bayaki got a natural 20, and the other one got a 23. Fucking hell. This, this, being able to re-roll shit is really useful, isn't it? <laughs> and I still only scored a 14. So you take the full 31 points of fire damage, I'm afraid. Well, that was fucking good! <laughs> <laughs> they shit. take 16 each. Uh, sorry, you can heal that, right? I think I've actually just said, well, that was fucking good, so... <laughs> That's it. <laughs> now we have just, just a pissed off, singed ghoul dragonborn in the middle, um, wielding a very big sword. Yes. Use your anger against them! Wait, do I have to move away from this now? So that's a very good question. <laughs> you, you take damage when you enter the wall for the first time on your turn, or end your turn there. So if you move away from it, you'll be fine. You can circle round. Yeah. Ish. Maybe. Where the fuck am I gonna go? That's <laughs> yeah, a very good question. Or maybe they can't go under them. Can't go over them. Unless somebody murders one of them, and then I might be able to move. We'll, we'll have a pun. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I will admit this may have been a costly mistake if Rogar gets incinerated. <laughs> so, Sophia, it is your turn. Fucking hell. You might want to try and murder one or two of these things. Fuck, am I supposed to do with this? And 10 uh, feet is a long way. It is a long yeah, it's, way. <laughs> it's more than I realised, I will be honest. <laughs> like, I can't put an animal anywhere, really. You can put one... Uh, there. There. Or, but that's um, not going to give anyone any kind of advantage, or... Nope. I mean, at this point, you might want to think more about raw damage than trying to give advantage. Yes, exactly. Right. Okay. I will probably 
just run up and get my sword out. Yeah, because if we can at least hook them there, then at least these two bottom ones are still taking damage. Mm-hmm. Each turn, unless they move, which they can do because they can fly, but they would take an attack of opportunity. Yeah. Right. Have I moved myself? Yep. Okay, cool. And then I will... I mean, technically you're in a flank there. Kind of. I don't know how Cooks will rule that. Uh, you are with uh, the the newer one that came in. You yeah, the one here. It's not a fiend or undead, is it? Nope. Uh, no, but you did have disadvantage, so you'd be rolling straight with advantage. Okay. Yay, straight! Or something. 16. 16, that is good enough to hit. Oh, not that well armoured. It's just natural uh, insectoid uh, armour. Lovely. And again, for fun. Ooh, ten. <sighs> ten. Um, I'm going to re-roll that with something. You re-roll or you add to it? Uh, you, can either, you can either add one of, one of your dice to it, can't you? Um, or you can re-roll it with a luck. Um, let's try adding a d8 then. Go on. Very rusty. Eight! Fuck hey, 18. It out. Nice. 18. 18 does hit. So that's uh, six points of slashing damage to this uh, creature. I mean, you're struggling to comprehend it, but you can definitely tell that your blows are hitting something, and you see blood just pouring off this thing in these big, horrible, viscous green globules that are just splattering on the floor. It's taking a lot of damage, but it ain't down yet. Seeing as Rogar has been severely charred, I'll second wind it. Because that's what the heroes do. Hey! Hey! <laughs> uh, attack again. Oh, eight. I'm not re-rolling that shit. Final attack. Twenty. Twenty hits. So yeah, you run in full of adrenaline, swinging final death. That's a blazing, columbal blessed um, bastard sword, and you carve into this thing. It is. It's very hurt. Good. It's not alive. Damn it. Right, that's me done. Alright. Tommy. Not a lot of places I can run into. Souls. It's alright. Is what it is. Just trying to think about water. Sorry? <laughs> Sorry, I said shoot uh <laughs> shoot shoot Solara. Well you don't why, what you you're not gonna shoot Oh yeah, maybe you will. <laughs> <laughs> No, the thing is, things is that Tommy's Tommy's kind of thinking, I can't fucking see these things. And I kind of I a little bit want to go down and get stuck in because the problem is I'm just going to be wasting bullets potentially. True. Um, uh, shooting at things I can't really see very well. So I think best move is probably to get to here. Well, that doesn't mean I'm attacking two at a time. But fuck it, head down here. And oh, I need to. My hit points aren't at sixty anymore. Go back up to full hit points again. Mm. Um, and I keep wailing on this one here that we've been hitting quite a bit in the hopes that we can maybe take this one out, move mm-hmm. down, because the other two are taking the damage from the fire anyway, hopefully. Uh, plus, I'm also technically in combat with this one here, so he shouldn't be able to move without taking a attack opportunity. Mm-hmm. That's my thinking. And right, so charging forward, free actioning away my pistols and unsheathing my short sword plus two and um sorry my and my rapier plus two i'm gonna take a stab directly up at this flapping creature hoping sort of aiming for center mass at what i can see and with disadvantage see if i do anything 
A 24 and 14 points of damage. 14. With a 24 and 14, that is enough to finally hit home on this thing. And you get a, a slight look at this creature as it's just writhing around in its death throes. You see this horrifying insect that you now, getting a good look at it, remember from Bloodhome, this, this creature that tried to kind of eat you alive. <laughs> and yeah, it begins to keel over and die. And you watch as it's dying, its body seems to fade and completely disappears. Ah, fuck, not these things again. Alright, well, I've still got another attack, which unfortunately I'm in combat with this one down here. So, um, turning away from that one, I'm going to whip around with the rapier and try and aim again at center mass. I'm not trying to do anything too fancy, I'm just trying to put damage into these things if I can. So, same again, attack with the rapier, disadvantage, and 18 and 13 points of damage. Yeah, 13. Uh, nasty little poke through a bit of its armor with your rapier there. And I use my bonus action on the short sword plus two. Again with disadvantage. I'm basically aiming for exactly the same spot in the hopes that it... Well, as I kind of saw, saw my blade hit home, I'm going for exactly the same place. Another 18 and 12. Nasty little cut that you make with that uh, enhanced short sword and... Uh... Yeah, cuts right through it. It's uh, a lot of damage, but it's still going. Still going. I'm wondering if I should um, action surge here. Although, I don't know. I think I'll save it. We might need it. Okay. So that's looking okay. We've taken one down. Yeah, that's my turn. Yeah, which means it's the Bayaki's turn. And they don't like this fire. And one positive of you killing one is that this one can now move away from the fire a bit. I don't know Damn if it, it can get completely away. Did it starts its turn in the fire? Uh, it does, but it's if it ends its turn in the fire. Uh, okay. It's when it, when you cast it or if it ends its turn there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, that said, it can't get far enough away to be completely free of it, which is unfortunate. Uh, the other one can't really move at all. But the one that moved is going to repeat what its friend did at the start of this combat. Go down, haunched over on its insectoid legs, and scream and... You hear this ear-piercing shriek as reality shimmers and another Bayaki appears within uh, five feet of this one. Yes, as reality shimmers and another Bayaki appears just behind Tommy and next to Sophia, cutting off where the uh, staircase that led you into this room was. Fun times. Oh, joy. Mm. Maybe we'll just run away. (laughs) <laughs> and just abandon our castle to, the, to these things. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the one that, frankly, probably won't get out of this turn alive since it can't get away from the fire is just going to go down swinging. Try eat Rogar. I think that Seems was good. a good thing to do. 18, though. That's not good enough with its uh, blood-draining attack as it sort of snaps at you with its jaws, but that magically imbued shield, that divine faith that you have, just keeps it at bay. And it's going to attack with its claws. Natural twenty. Uh, I, can't, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't block it. So. <laughs> Ooh, it's it's always always nice when I'm rolling nat twenties. This is what the uh, the break was for. That said, on two d six, I rolled two ones. So you take a total of ten damage. Uh. What? <laughs> what a waste of a crit! Oh, that could have been beautiful. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? 
10 damage. 10 total. damage total. Wow. Yeah. I'm just sad. Uh, make me a strength saving throw, see if you get grappled. They're 21. He does. Uh, you, you easily push those claws back, and though it looked like it was going to cut you with a vital blow, you, you managed to steal yourself from the damage, singed though you are. And now the new Bayeki is going to attack, oh, let's say, Tommy. And with his cool, cool, cool. attack with advantage, uh, 20. Hits. So that's six points of damage. Yep. And make a strength saving throw, please. You do get Rogar's aura. So you're probably uh, going to be fine, but which give was his aura give me? Uh, twenty two anyway, plus three, so twenty five. Okay, so you uh, manage to avoid getting locked between its insectoid jaws, and it's going to go at you with its multiple claws. Mm, Fifteen. Don't think that's good enough. Nope, not good enough. Now, now, the one, well, the two that are still in range of the flames are going to take five d eight fire damage. So let's roll that up. Twenty one points of damage. That is enough to, well, the one that's taken uh, most of the hits in this fight is engulfed in the roaring flames as the heat proves too much, and this creature, like the first that fell, seems to just fade away as it's dying. The other one, eh, takes the damage, still going. Actually, does it get a saving throw? Or does it just take the damage? No, you just take the damage. I guess if you end your turn there, it's your own fault, really. Yeah, it says on a fail save, creature takes 5d8 fire damage or half as much on a successful save. Um, but that's only when the wall appears, is where you get the dex save. Otherwise, if you end your turn there, you just take the 5d8, if I'm reading this correctly. Okay, so the other one just takes uh, a little bit of damage, as it's uh, desperately trying to get away from the fire itself. It is uh, running into opposition. R4, you're up. Uh, can you remember the radius on my exploding... See if I've got it actually. I think it's a ten-foot cube. So I'd hit Sophia if I, because I can't and center it somewhere else. Or can I? Because it's a spear. Uh, I always you know, think I... it's like the point of impact. So if you want to move, maybe. But yeah. No, well, I, I think I think I'll just walk. I'd be walking into the fire if I did it. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, no. Uh, we're... So I'm just gonna hit it with a one-handed gunpowder spear straight up. Okay. Uh, a twenty-four and seven points of piercing damage. Uh, 24 hits, some more points of damage on my uh, poor flying insect monster. He doesn't do the most damage, but at least he's, he's hitting nowadays. Good old Apple. <laughs> Good boy. Solid, solid damage. It's, it's, it's something. Chipping away. Mm, solid damage. As R4 hits this creature, all of you feel a shudder rush through the air as once again another wave of that green energy seems to hit the fortress and washes over you all, washes over the Bayaki who don't seem to care about it one way or another. But you see, as reality around you begins to shimmer, something else begins to claw its way into the world. You watch as this twisted, nearly featureless, humanoid creature that has like a loose hanging hide and a partially insectoid looking head it's got four limbs but the joints all twist in like every direction as this creature's form is flickering in and out of visibility you all feel this frigid wind swirl around the entity crawling beneath your clothes like an unwelcome winter breeze as this 
a large being steps into your world behind your wall on the stairs. The fuck is that? And I think that's what will end the episode. For fuck's sake. Oh. What is that? I don't know, but I feel for Solara. <laughs> yeah, I feel very badly for Solara. Do, do you even even after she flames you? Well, <laughs> I, suppose, I suppose it takes a little bit off it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was unintentional flaming. She was trying to help. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. She was trying to help me. She's got no memory of ever casting the spell before, so best guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, does, does anyone ha- can anyone cast silence here? Yes. That might be useful. These things keep screaming. If they, if, you, if, they, if they can't scream, maybe other things can't hear them. Mm-hmm. Just a thought. Jera, we're gonna end, we've ended with my uh, fun little creature arriving. Oh, he doesn't. He doesn't, look, he doesn't look very fun. I don't. I yeah, don't, no. I don't think I'd invite him to a party. Oh, he's a great. He's a great laugh. Got lots of good jokes. Yeah, I mean. He's got a big smile. I'll give him that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. I hope you uh, enjoyed coming back to the campaign. Uh, hey, I mean, yes. Yeah, so it's always nice to do another combat episode. It's just um, unexpected combat episodes. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, you know, there was a little bit of story at the start. We kind of weaved a, a deadly devil deal, but now attacked by interdimensional monsters. You know, yeah. typical Tuesday in uh, GTMP world. Kind of is, actually, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys oh. should be less surprised. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not, I couldn't say, can't say exactly surprised, but, you know, you're like, oh, something new. It's not a surprise. It's like a, this is different. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is a different kind of being that's attacking us. Mm. Anyway, thank you for joining us, everyone. That was Gunpowder, Treason, No Plot. If you enjoyed the show... Hey, go check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash gtmp. There are multiple tiers to join, and just joining the lowest tier gets you access to our Discord, which we hang out in a bunch and have a lot of fun in. Lots of uh, chatting and uh, talking behind-the-scenes stuff and uh, expounding on lore and theories and stuff like that. Otherwise, if you want to chat with us just generally, we are all on Twitter. I am there as at No. My players are there with their player names and GTMP at the end of it. We also have a WordPress website at Gunpowder Treason No Plot, a Facebook group, also Gunpowder Treason No Plot, and we're available on all major podcast providers. So if you enjoy the show, be sure to go check us out on your favorite uh, app and rate us as well, because ratings do help. And uh, yeah, I'll hand it over to my co-hosts to say their own little goodbyes. Since I haven't really thought about what I was going to say, as usual, if you've enjoyed hearing my voice, as much as I enjoy hearing my own voice, you can find me on Lost Out Podcasting and Lost Out Wrestling Podcast. They're available on all good podcast providers, and you can follow them on Twitter. At Lost Art Podcast and at LOW Podcast. And maybe one day I'll be in the Red Scar Cafe on Red Scar Business Day in Preston, Lancashire, the UK, not during this pandemic. Can anybody remember what letter we were up to? Oh. Oh. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Am I the only one prepared for the sign off? Yeah, I, I completely blanked because I was, I was too busy thinking about being at Atlas. All right, then move along. Move along. We don't need to hear from you. Uh, hang on. Hang on. Ooh, you've got the uh, the Japanese chain and sickle. I don't know if you can pronounce the name because I certainly can't. But uh, an Okinawa Kurosawa Gamma. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> good awesome to me. Uh, 
Okinawa Kurosarigama, I think is how you maybe say it, but I am probably butchering that, so apologies. Okay. <laughs> well, Tommy's definitely going to butcher it. Um, yeah, so uh, next up in Tommy's big book of weapons that are going to kill you is the Okinawan Kurosarigama. Yeah, that's it. Okinawan Kurosarigama. It's a uh, chain and sickle weapon. Um, kind of a bit of an interesting kind of thing. You know, someone thought, yeah, chains are pretty good in a street fight. Someone else thought, yeah, sickles are pretty good when, you know, druids start slinging them around and stuff. Why not put the two together and try your best not to kill yourself with it? You know, it's uh, it's an interesting weapon. It's pretty cool. You know, it's one of them ones that you hang on your wall and think, yeah, you know, that looks lethal. Um, I guess if you really train hard with it, you can sling it out and try and cut someone's throat from a distance. I like staying away from people, so that's that's pretty uh, pretty handy for a weapon. But I don't know, seems a bit too uh, bit too fancy for me. You know, it's a bit a uh, bit of a show offs weapon. It's one of them ones you whip out, you start spinning it around your body, and hope the other bugger fucks off. <sighs> I don't know. One of them things. I think I think I'll give it. I'll give it a free daggers up because, you know, it's, I wouldn't mind having one to hang up on my wall, but I don't think I could be bothered putting all the effort into actually learn how to use it and not kill myself with it. So there you go. And I don't have a joke this week either. So <laughs> tough shit. <laughs> Fine. Fair enough. Um, as O for Oni, which are in their natural form, only look like demonic ogres. They are slightly smaller in stature. They have a pair of short ivory horns protruding from their forehead that grow as long as they age, and their teeth and claws are jet black. The length of their horns is something that Oni take pride in, to the point that even the most dishevelled Oni are known to polish their horns on a daily basis, much like these three assholes. I polish my horn a lot more regularly than that, I'll have you know. Pony are really cool creatures, actually. They're they're the sort of creature that you can build a whole little story around. They're uh, they're pretty awesome. Please don't. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I've got lots of monsters I want to throw at you. <laughs> Great. Hey. <laughs> hey. Well, I hope you all enjoyed the first uh, campaign episode of 2021, and we'll look forward to bringing you more horror next week. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Yeah. Oh, bruh. We're going to have such a killer time at the top of this haunted ski resort. I know, Chadwick. There's like no lines for the ski lift, dude. But, Dump Truck, what about the babes? Oh, bro. You think I forgot about the babes? Two words, Chadwick. Ghost babes. <laughs> now hold on a minute there, boys. You ain't planning on going up to that old haunted resort now, are ya? What if we are, old man? <laughs> <laughs> well, I won't stop yous. But if you must go, you should take this. The hell is this, old man? Well, back in my day, we called it a Microsoft Zoom. We used to listen to a podcast called the Indie Film Review on it. A proud member of the Necrobotacon Network. They were a movie review podcast that critically reviewed independent film while 
having a little fun in the process. Sounds like dinosaur bullshit, Gramps. I'm gonna push you into a trash can now. Well, butter my biscuits, I never <laughs> Well, dump truck, now that we've taken out the trash, looks like we've got an appointment with some ghost babes. <laughs> Listen to the indie film review for the lowdown of the coolest indie films you've probably never heard of. The indie film review. It's not delivery. It's indie film review. Thank you to Sirenscape for some of the music and sound effects you heard during this podcast. They do amazing atmosphere and music, so be sure to check them out at www.sirenscape.com. Epic games need epic music.